Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And with the help you get from Dan Burns, ASC Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul, we'll keep it running for you. If you do have a car care question, whether it be a car, truck, van, and you're going to bring it in to your favorite dealer or your favorite shop, and you thought, I wonder what the heck is wrong with this thing. Why don't you send a text to send a, uh, give us a phone call. Dan is here. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Hi, Dan. Good to see you again. Good morning. Good to be here. A lot different weather today than a week ago. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Just changed. I, I already forgot. Isn't that That's the way that's Mother Nature is. Yeah. Now, if you look out the window here, you can still see about a 10-foot high stack of stuff. But it's amazing what these crews have done. Yeah, they took yeah. my parking spot. Though. Oh, they did. Yeah, it's oh, packed, okay. packed up on the street there, but that's well, okay. I that's, found another. It's worth it. Yeah. Dan has helped us out here for about 20 years on CCO, maybe more. And again, if you have a car care question, you want to talk to the expert, 651-989-9226. We've cleared the lines. You can use them if you want or send Dan a text if that's easier, 81807. We have some text messages from last week as well. But you and I were talking before we went on about purchasing a new or used car. Well, maybe not so much a new one, but a used car. We've talked about this in the past. What would you recommend if somebody called up and said, hey, do you guys check out used cars before I buy it? Well, that, you answered my question. I that's, did. that's exactly what you should do is before you buy a used car, take it to your shop and make them a part of the decision that you're making, which is a really good idea. I want to be a part of that decision. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that you get the... The car that you want to get, I want you. I want to make sure that the car is what we all think it is, and I know more about that than you do, and so you want me included in that decision. So, what What is done? We give detail some of the work that you guys do. Well, for. it's there's no work done. It's just you know part of the inspection. observation. Yeah, we do lots of inspection, and you know you want to know the condition of depending upon how old it is, and and. You know, if it's a, an old junker that you're buying for a, a college kid or something, that's one decision. And <clears throat> we'll give you a list of stuff that that is wrong with the car. M- many of those things you won't do anything about, but you need to know about. Uh, we certainly have to help you take care of the safety things uh, because uh, when we put these young kids on the road, the cars need to be safe. And if you're buying a newer car that you expect to last a long time, we want to know that too. Uh we want to know that it's going to be able to last you a long time. And, and you know, we, we have, a, because of our experience and because we see so many cars, I'll steer you away from a few, a few cars too, some cars that uh, are not your nature, that you're not going to like the, the maintenance and the, you know, some cars are just kind of quirky and they require a lot of attention. And if, you're, if that's not who you are, uh, you know, to some people that they're worth that because they think it's fun. You know, they, yes. I mean, it's... it's uh, it's a blast to drive those cars, but but if that's not your nature, if what you're looking for is something that you're going to be able to get in and drive every day and never mm-hmm. touch, then I'll help you find that too. How so. tough is it to spot uh, leaks, let's say, that we as civilians can't do? Well, it, <laughs> nowadays, 
you can't pretty it's, much can't do anything without a hoist. You need to lift the sure. car up and get under it. And then even when you do lift the car up and get under it, there it's covered with plastic shields everywhere. Yeah. And they do that as sound barriers, you know, to keep the car quiet going down the road. But of course, because of that, you can't see anything. So you know, that stuff all all needs to be removed to be able to to, to, to view it to see what yeah. what's going on underneath the car. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Any kind of a car care question, you can phone it in or text it in. The text number is eight one eight zero seven. Speaking of text, one just came in. Twenty twelve Chevy Cruze. For the first time, my cruise control did not work from mid-December to mid-March. I tried tried it a number of times during that period of time with no luck. At the end of March, it worked and still does. You think the cold weather or frozen slush underneath caused the problem? When will it likely happen again? Well, the cold slush underneath had nothing to do with that right. because there's nothing down there that has anything to do with that. Um, one thing that... that Sometimes the cold weather will affect is a, is the brake light switch, and the brake light switch uh, is what actually makes the disables the cruise control as you're going down the highway. Oh. You're going down the highway, you you know you touch your foot on the brake. You, you all know that the cruise control shuts off. That's uh, true. Yeah, and that's a safety thing. If the brake light switch is not working properly, then that can you know it can it can uh, not allow you to set the cruise control mm. as well, and and they're kind of you know they're they're a moving mechanical part so that brake light switch sometimes in cold weather will be will be affected that way, um, but I but I have no idea you know in this case well and the trouble is uh, now that it's working I, I have nothing to look at <laughs> that's so. right exactly <laughs> I, I guess what I would do is use it through the summer as long as it works good through the summer. Wait till next fall. If if that if it does have something to do with the cold, wait till next fall when it gets cold and bring it in, and uh, we'll quickly get to the bottom of that. That's not a difficult system to diagnose, but good. Uh, we'll find out what what's happening. But you know, if it works, it works, and 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 don't worry about it and, until uh, until it acts up again. Uh, keep in mind, Dan is going to be here till just seven forty-five this morning when Jack Farrell comes in with his wine chat. So don't wait. If you do uh, want to call in your question or send a text. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six, or send a text eight one eight zero seven. Dan, let's go to the phones. John is calling from Arden Hills. First up, John, what's your question for Dan? Hi, I have a two thousand eight Grand Caravan with a four liter engine, and it died when my wife was driving it. We took it in. They replaced the engine control module, programmed it, and the vehicle is still not communicating with the engine what could cause that well um they the system that that system uh has a system that communicate that all of the computer system can communicate on the same line the can line we call it and uh if one of the controllers uh maybe the abs controller or the body controller or you know, any the radio, any of those controllers uh, lock up, they can take the whole system down. And it sounds like maybe something like that is going on. The repair is for us to get the, the diagnostics uh, manual out and look at the wiring schematic, see how, see how they all work, see exactly what systems are on there, and start disconnecting those systems one by one, eliminating them from the CAN line and... Uh, by doing that, you, um, you're taking out the problem, 
And once you take out the problem, then the rest of it will come back up. And that's what you're, what you're looking for. Um, and you'll need to get some help on that, or, or they'll maybe they'll need to get some help on that if they're not familiar with that. But uh, it's pretty common uh, for that to happen, and it sounds kind of like that's what's going on with your car. All right. There you go, John. By the way, I want to alert our other callers, James and Judy. You hang on. We have textures uh, coming in uh, as well. So we're going to pick up on those, both calls and text messages, here on CCO's Car Care Show. Danny, along with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, on this much warmer Saturday. And once again, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns, who is an ASC certified technician at Lloyd's Automotive. Where are you guys located there in Grand? We are at 982 Grand Avenue, right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web, of course, at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or call Jim this morning at 651-228-1316. Very good. And you're open till? Till noon today. Today. Yeah. Very good. I'll go ride my new mountain bike after that. Well, you got a good so day for that I today do. and tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, and it's a little sloppy, so I don't want my road bike. So yeah. the mountain bike's just perfect. Perfect. All yeah. right. Be safe. Yeah. Look out for Dan out Look there. Out for, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the phones, Dan. James in Burnsville is next. James, thank you. What uh, your, is your question? Hello, James. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I've got a 1998 Ford Ranger pickup truck. It's got just under 130,000 miles on it. It's a 3.0 V6. Mechanic looked at it, and he says the oil pan has a hole in it. It's dented, and it's starting to rust, and it's leaking oil. He wants a little over $1,100 to replace it. It's the only vehicle I got. Do you think it's worth doing? Well, first of all, don't you wonder how an oil pan rusts? It's full of oil. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good question. <laughs> it, sh- it shouldn't be that way. It should be just fine. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, uh, last week we were talking about, uh, uh, you know, a car that, that our car doors that rust. And the truth is the rust comes from the inside the door and comes out. And right. So when you, by the time you see it, the door is a mess. And the same is true with the oil pan. The oil or the rust comes from the outside and goes in. And by the time it gets to the oil, uh, you know, the, the pan has been ruined. I'm not surprised. I don't, you know, I don't have the books in front of me to look that up to see if that's fair or not. But I'm not surprised by it at all because oftentimes the engine uh, has to come out. Oh, uh, really? To replace wow. the oil pan or something else significant has to be moved to be able to get the oil pan out of the car. So uh, I guess my recommendation is, first of all, it will have to be fixed. It'll only get worse. And secondly, I guess my my only other advice would be maybe you should just get another estimate or at least call for another estimate and make sure that uh, that it's that they're in the ballpark mm-hmm. on the price. But That's good advice. I'm not surprised by that. That sounds right. And, and thirdly, uh, you know, 120. 30,000 miles, certainly. It's certainly worth getting fixed. Yeah. My, my great, this is, a, this is a line that I use when somebody asks me if the car is, is worth fixing or not. You know, if it's a couple thousand dollars or something and, that, and it's, this is really true, you can't replace it for that. So if you could go buy that car and it was all fixed up for $2,000, would you? And, of course, the answer is always yes. And I said, <laughs> well, then there's your answer. You yeah. should fix it. Good cause, point. Because uh, it's worth it. There you go, James. Thank you very much. Judy is calling in from Elk River, I believe. Hi, Judy. Hi. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I have a 2016 Malibu with a push-button start, 
about 8,000 miles, and it starts just fine. But lately, um, when I try and, um, you know, turn the engine off, the the push button, the little green light, will go over to the yellow, and the park button, it, it, it won't turn off. Uh, it sounds like that switch is, is going bad, and uh, you probably want to get that in <clears throat> relatively soon and have that checked because... Uh, you know, that's the what gets the car going. And yeah. I, I don't want you to get stranded somewhere when it starts to work, not work correctly the other way where it won't start. <laughs> Having it not shut up, I mean, shut off is, is a problem too, but at least you're home. You think uh, it would be a tough job to fix? No, probably not. Okay. It's probably, uh, it's, it's probably, it's probably pretty easy to access. It very likely could be the switch itself that's, that's going bad, but, uh, but I think I would get that in and, and uh, have that checked. Okay. There you go, Judy. Thanks for the call. Yeah, do that. Texters, we have uh, some text messages too. Eight one eight zero seven. You can call us six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Keep in mind that uh, Dan will be here till about well, about another fifteen minutes or so. So keep that in mind. Uh, here's a text it says uh, Hyundai suggests cleaning the throttle body of my twenty fourteen Santa Fe every fifteen thousand miles. Is this really necessary? They charge about a hundred bucks to do well. That. Uh, it is necessary, and it's actually kind of a big deal. It, uh, the throttle body is, is, has very fine uh, lines that allow air in, and it's, it's how the air it's what use, it uses to meter the air, and the proper amount of air to an engine is very, very important. And as those throttle bodies get uh, dirty, and it doesn't look like a big deal, but the truth is it is a big deal, as it gets dirty, uh, it it affects the amount of air that's getting into the engine, and so it does that does need to be cleaned up. And uh, you know, one thing I you could maybe shop around and find a little better deal on on uh, the cost of that, but but it is an important thing. And oftentimes, when people come in to the shop complaining about idle quality, that the car you know doesn't doesn't idle properly or it idles a little rough. Sometimes that's all it needs to repair mm-hmm. it is to clean the throttle body. So uh, important job. I think it's great that they're actually recommending doing that uh, on an interval because that's the right thing to do. I think you guys at Lloyd's did that to Tony's ex- uh, vehicle years ago. That made a big difference. I remember difference. that. You know, and the older cars <clears throat> don't have as fine a lines as right. the newer cars, and they're not, they're not metered as closely. But, uh, but even on the older cars, it makes a big difference. I should say. Here's a text, says a 2007 Chevy Equinox, rich mixture. Could it be a stuck injector? Could. Could be a lot of things. Could be a, you know, rich mixtures will happen from too much gas or rich mixtures will also happen from too little air. So uh, if the air is not getting in there like it's supposed to, if something's plugged, uh, that could cause it too. So the whole whole bunch of things. You know, that's one thing about when you're, you go to the parts store and get your computer scanned. You get information, and you say, oh, it's, it's uh, running rich. It must be getting too much gas. I mean, that's your nah, first that's thought, your of first course, thought, yeah. and that's a natural thought. But that's not always the case. There's a whole bunch of other things that, that can cause that. So be careful of where that code leads you because when you look at the diagnostic chart for that code, it's very complicated. There's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of things to check. So just because you have a code... For an oxygen sensor, for example, don't uh, 
don't just replace the oxygen sensor because there's a whole code to happen. Interesting. Good advice. Dan, hang on. We'll take our usual quick break here. Dan's going to be here, as I said, for about another 14 minutes or so. So call us in. Call us your car care question and phone it in or text it in here on CCO. And good morning. Welcome back. By the way, speaking of sports, I want to remind our listeners before we get back to uh, to Dan that we're going to have a, a Twins baseball pregame 430 today here on CCO. And then the Timberwolves are going to be uh, on the air at 530 this afternoon on our sister station, 102.9 FM on Buzzin. That'll be the And then uh, CCO will join the uh, Timberwolves in progress after the Twins game. That's the plan for today. And again, Monday. For, uh, for that matter. We're talking car care as we always do on this Saturday morning at this time. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive is with us. Gary is on the line from Roseville with a question. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, Dan, thank you for calling. Or letting taking my call, I should <laughs> Sure. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about buying a travel trailer, and I want to know what you think I can tow with a vehicle that's rated at 6,100 pounds. I'm going up into the mountains in yeah, Arizona and California. Anything less than that, <laughs> do not. You know, I, the manufacturer is a little bit conservative on that towing rating, and uh, I would not go that high. So if you can, uh, if you can stay under that, and make sure you read the owner man, owner's manual about towing because it's going to have you, you know, shifting out of overdrive and some things like that. But if you do what it says, uh, it'll be just fine. What you're mostly worried about, and if you are worried about uh, the towing, is that the transmission can overheat. And, and if, if the transmission overheats, it actually boils over, and, and that's what wrecks them. They run out of fluid. Um, so if you're concerned about it or if you want to be uh, more careful about it, one thing that you could do is have a, a, a transmission cooler installed, and uh, that will cause the transmission fluid to be cooler, to stay cooler, and uh, and make it even more safe for towing. But I think if you just stay under what the manufacturer recommends, you'll be just fine. All right, for good. Uh, let's see who's next. Thanks, Gary. Uh, Mark is calling from New Prague, I believe. Go ahead, Mark. Yes, uh, good morning. Uh, 2015 Ford Fusion. Is there anything in the programming that you can take one of the power outlets and make it a continuous on because they all shut off when the car goes down? Uh, yes, you can easily do that. Be careful of that uh, and be aware of it. But, yes, it, if you can just take a, uh, a uh, the, you know, the wire that's going to one of those power outlets and run it straight to the battery, you can actually go right – you can either go right up to the battery and connect it at the battery or find something in the fuse box that uh, – that stays on when the car is off and, uh, and then run it, run it to that. But no, that would be just fine. And, but like I say, beware of that because, uh, of course, if you leave something plugged in too long to it, it'll cause the battery to go dead. Ah, okay. So I want to get Beth's question answered here in a moment, but I just got a text message. Uh, hi, Dan. I drove my 97 Toyota RAV4 through a new no touch car wash. And a day later, I noticed the passenger side floor mats are soaked with water. Might this car wash have found a spot that will let water in, or is this now going to happen every time it rains or I wash my car? <laughs> good question. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, there's a good chance that some 
I know that I know that because you're reading your phone, we're talking about Tina's cars. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and because she's an animal lover and pa- parks under a tree, uh, there's a good chance that the drains um, for oh. that heat cowl are plugged with debris. And uh, if she just swings by, we'll be glad to clean that out. But that's probably what it is, is that uh, the water doesn't have any... It, the water's not draining out of the... the uh, air intake quickly enough. It needs to drain out quickly, of course, and go onto the ground instead of into the car. And uh, hers must be plugged. And so we can quickly clean that out and take care of that. I was thinking it was just uh, coincidental. I was thinking it was a, a heater core. No, Probably. yeah, no, 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 no. It's uh, it's it's <laughs> it was, water coming in. And, it's and the drain that's plugged. That's a good warning. I'm glad it just happened in the car wash. True. Because uh, it, when we get our first torrential downpour here, uh, and she's parked outside that it, it will actually run into the car. And sometimes, uh, and often actually, uh, it can flood the inside of the car enough that it gets up into computers that are under the seats. Not good. And that can cause some big problems. There you go. So, come on in, Tina. We'll She'll take care of it. will be at Lloyd's soon. Yeah. Beth is calling from Glencoe with a question. Hi, Beth. Hi. <clears throat> Hi. Uh, I have a 2016 Chevy Colorado four-wheel drive. And when I put it in, like... During that last weekend snow, I put it in four-wheel drive high, and it see I didn't have no control. I, it was always pulling me to the shoulder or to a bridge embankment. But if I turned the traction control off, then the power steer, the four-wheel drive acts like it should. That does not sound right. <laughs> Obvious, no. obviously, it's not right, and. Uh, You'll need to take that in, and you should take that in, and uh, get the vehicle up on the hoist, and we'll put it in four-wheel drive, and we'll see exactly what's what's. There's a good chance that one of the wheels is not driving like it's supposed to, and I'm not sure how that system works exactly. What's supposed to be engaged and and where? But if if one of the wheels isn't driving the way that it's supposed to when it's four-wheel drive, when it's in four-wheel drive, when it's in four high, uh, that can cause a problem and. That happens sometimes when, with a vehicle that has that you know you you very rarely drive it in four high, and so you know solenoids or or um, rods or or forks inside the mechanically inside get stuck because you don't use them, and oftentimes the solution is just to use them several times, you know, to just move it back and forth from two wheel drive to four wheel drive, and then. Uh, it can it, that can free things up, and limber things up, a limber things up, yeah. and then they work just fine. But uh, but because it's you know they haven't moved for a long time, uh, um, it can cause that trouble. That's one thing that I do recommend is from time to time when you have a four wheel drive vehicle, go through all the gears. You know, go do shift it. I'm going to do that so that it uh, it has the uh, you know it uh, the, so that when you want them to work, they do. They do. Yeah. yeah. There's no cobwebs. In or <laughs> when you want them to work, you know they will. Because yes. oftentimes, you know, if you haven't tried them for several years, you have no idea if it's going to work or not. All right. We just have time, I think, for a text. Thank you, Beth. We'll uh, pick up on these text messages when we come back next week. But here is one. Uh, somebody is getting a new pickup truck. Thought, what's the value of rust proofing? Is there value in this or is it a waste of money? I don't know. <laughs> I'm tempted. I'm tempted myself. You know, they they certainly have done a lot with technology in when they build the cars. I know that they they treat the inside of the door panels and and the inside of the fenders and so forth um, 
what they don't do for sure is, you know, oftentimes they don't treat the uh, the frames and in a lot of the other other components underneath. So I suspect that there probably is value Some in that. There, yeah. uh, whether it works or not, I don't know. You know, that's that's a really hard thing to measure over a long, you know, fifteen or twenty. Unless you years. do right, but you have to do a study like that. You make, do, yeah. but it's. I guess my answer would be. Uh, if it makes you feel good, and it probably does, then uh, and you can afford it, then you probably should do it. I probably I, I would not be afraid to give it a try on my All own right. car. Yep. Dan, we have to go. Make way for Jack Farrell. We'll see you next week. Sounds good. I'll be here. Enjoy your um, uh, mountain bike. I will. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Give us that phone number because you're open today. We are open today. Give us a call at 651-228-1316. See you back here next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.